you all coming up here. Uh, we have some very special guests today. You guys are in for a great treat. Uh, and uh, it's going to be amazing to hear what God is doing in Kenya today. But I want to begin by sharing a word of scripture. And I'm going to read from James chapter 1. I'm going to begin in verse 19. Because this kind of sets the foundation for what we're going to be talking about in a moment. It says this, Know this, my dear brothers and sisters. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to grow angry. This is because an angry person doesn't produce God's righteousness. Therefore, with humility, set aside all moral filth and the growth of wickedness and welcome the world planted, the word planted deep inside you, the very word that is able to save you. You must be doers of the word and not only hearers who mislead themselves. Those who hear but don't do the word are like those who look at their faces in a mirror. They look at themselves, walk away, and immediately they forget what they were like. But there are those who study the perfect law, the law of freedom, and continue to do it. They don't listen and then forget, but they put it into practice in their lives. They will be blessed in whatever they do. If those who claim devotion to God don't control what they say, they mislead themselves. Their devotion is worthless. True devotion, the kind that is pure and faultless before God the Father, is this. To care for orphans and widows in their difficulties and to keep the world from contaminating us. Let the church say amen. amen. You know, this passage, I believe to me, epitomizes what we're going to be talking about in just a moment uh, as we hear from the folks from Kenya. Because it ends by saying, uh, true devotion, the kind that is pure and faultless before God the Father, is this, to care for widows, orphans and widows in their difficulties, and to keep the world from contaminating us. And when you read that passage, part of what I hear is that it's telling us that we need to be engaged in caring for widows and orphans, because part of what that does is it keeps the world from contaminating us. This is really powerful, I believe. And that's a huge part of why we are investing in Kenya. And I'm very delighted this morning to have with me on the platform Stanley and Mary Jatari and Kathy Mann. And I'm going to uh, just praise God for all three of you and for the work of God that he is doing in you. Uh, and just uh, let's begin by inviting you to introduce yourself to them. I've already told them your names, but tell them a little bit about yourselves if you would. Good morning. My name is Stanley Gitari. Uh, I work at Mount Methodist Hospital. As uh, I've been working as the coordinator of a community health uh, program that we have there in Mount Methodist Hospital, and I also get to be uh, very lucky because I work uh, with the Kataman and the mission teams that come to the hospital and do various projects within the hospital and the uh, outreach. Uh, when they reach out to the communities uh, out there. Otherwise, I'm very grateful to be back in your church again to bring you greetings and uh, love from Mohammed uh, Methodist Hospital, Methodist Church in Kenya, and particularly uh, Rikiau Primary School community and the village who have received a gift, a love gift from this church. Uh, receive their greetings, and I'm sure... You would like to send me with the greetings. When I go, I take greetings to them. God bless you. Amen. Amen. I'm Mary, uh, a mother of three, one girl and two boys. Uh, I'm a nurse by profession. 
I've worked in Maua for about 34 years, having trained in Oklahoma State University for my bachelor. I uh, went back to Maua, worked as a staff nurse, uh, worked as the assistant end nurse, and for the last 16 years, I've worked as the end nurse of the hospital. Uh, from July this year, I was given a new position of healthcare services marketing manager, and uh, that is what I am doing uh, from July uh, marketing, especially when it comes to health insurance that we'll talk about. And uh, I'm glad to be here. God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. It is his nature. Amen. Wow. Yes. Thank you. Be blessed. Amen. We're so glad you know all that. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> the children will say that in, in classes. I think this is on. Is it on? Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. Um, I'm Kathy Mann. Uh, and I, I, I like to say I was raised in Colorado, but I grew up in, in Kenya. I was uh, Peace Corps right out of college into Kenya, and my, most of my adult life I was trying to figure out how to get back. Uh, I'm a mother of three children also, uh, and uh, we moved to Friendswood, Texas, and uh, I became part of the Texas Annual Conference, and I became the mission director there uh, for the Volunteer and Mission Program. And one day I got a phone call and Bill and Jerry Savuto, who some of you may know, uh, were in town and on their way for the first time to Kenya. And a friend of mine knew that I, my heart was still left in Kenya and that I could, we needed to talk. I needed to talk with this couple. We immediately became brothers and sisters and, and it was a life, it's been a lifelong uh, relationship. I started immediately sending teams over. So I've been working with them since with the hospital since 1997. We've been sending teams since 98, 99. Uh, and I now am in, in 2015, the position of mission partner uh, became open at the hospital and I applied and I got that position. So now I spend 20, or 20 years, uh, six months of the year in Kenya while the teams are there, January, February, March, and then June, July, August, sometimes September. Uh, and the rest of the time, I'm back home in Colorado at my ranch, and, which is snowing right now, so I'm glad I'm here. Uh, and, and it's wonderful. It's an absolutely wonderful blessing, and, and I feel that God has put me exactly where I need to be. Amen. Amen. I couldn't agree with you more, Kathy. God has really put you in a perfect place to, to be able to do what you do. Part of what's so significant about Kathy is that that uh, she, she speaks American. Uh, and, and you understand that if you're going into another country, it's helpful to have someone that knows that country and knows the customs of that country and can speak American so that when mission teams go, uh, there's so much effort that is put in to, to make sure that everybody understands what's going on. Kathy does a tremendous job, just uh, just beautiful job of filling, filling it all in. Yeah, filling it all in. So, Kathy, tell us uh, briefly about why you guys are in, in town right now. Okay, so every year we uh, have an itineration for Stanley. Uh, this year we were fortunate that we could have Mary come along, uh, and they tr are traveling from as far as North Carolina, Tennessee, all the way to Oregon in two months' time and everywhere in between. Uh, so we have just come from Oklahoma where we had our Friends of Moa Hospital gathering. Next year, I'm going to put a plug in because it's going to be in Granbury, and I want to see all of you there. 
uh, that's close enough for you to come and be part of that community of, of missioners and faith-based people who all want to help and support the hospital. Uh, so Stanley and Mary are going around and are, um, are our ambassadors from uh, Mua Methodist Hospital, and they're talking about Stanley promotes the advanced specials, and Mary is promoting the National Hospital Insurance Fund uh, program, which you guys are all going to be part of, we hope, and, uh, and do a great job of helping people understand who we are in Mu'ua and, and what the needs are. Fantastic. So I want to I back up a little bit because uh, at the last service, part of what you did when you introduced yourself was you told a little bit about your story. And we need to hear that story. They need to hear that story about, about wh when you were nine and, and you know, all that, that story is really important to helping us understand what, what's going on. Well, thank you uh, very much. Uh, myself, uh, God called me when I was nine years of age. One day I was walking to my, near my church and I found some missionaries who were attending to very sick children and mothers who had malnutrition, diarrheal diseases, and all kinds of diseases. And I remember feeling something just came in my face, and I, I just saw God in my presence. And he told me, Stanley, you have to go tell your father you go to school and later become a nurse to come and treat these people. That time I was just caring for my uh, father's goats, that, that man that was actually taking care of a small child. And when I went to, I told my father, I cannot continue taking care of the goats and, uh, and children. I want to go to school so that I will become a nurse and they come to serve these people. My father did not object. He just allowed me to go. But uh, when I went to school, I was taken to the uh, preschool. Uh, or the ECD so class. You were nine years old and you were taken to preschool. I was nine years. Okay. And I was taken to where there were three year old and three and a half or four years. I couldn't fit. So the next day I was promoted to class one. And uh, so we started writing on the ground with the, my fingers. But I put a lot of effort because God gave me a dream. Gave me a vision what I was going to do. So I, I worked very hard. I stayed with a relative uh, uh, throughout my primary school education. And when I finished, I went to secondary school. And immediately I finished secondary school, I applied to Mama Methodist Hospital to be trained as a nurse because uh, that is what I wanted to do, to come back when I finished training and go back to the community. So my father had 700, I mean $7. We had sold coffee. So my father gave me the seven dollars. I went and paid everything to my mother's hospital. This assured me or guaranteed me a small stipend or allowance every month of like one dollar. And all the meals were paid, everything. And the reason was it is because the hospital was highly subsidized by the missionaries. Um, so we continued working. I was put in the community health. And I remember one day, 1984, when there was a serious drought in Kenya. A lot of people were coming to Mawa town looking for food. Children with the malnutrition. Mothers crying, carrying babies on their back, looking for food, and there was no food. 
And I remember feeling so much affected. I said, God, what can I do? I was so junior at that time in, in the school. I didn't have any position. I was like, a, like an LOPN. And I remember that night I found a booklet, uh, Rinders Digest. And it talked about the British Red Cross doing relief food in various places in the Asian countries and some other places. I said, why can't I write to these people and ask them to come and they help these people? So I wrote a letter at night. And in the morning, I put it in the post office. So after like uh, two weeks, I got the feedback. I mean, uh, some people came to the hospital looking for Stanley Guitari. I can't tell you how scared I was. <laughs> because I thought, I thought the government is coming to arrest me for some reason. But I said, I'll face them. So they, I went to them. They said, yes. Are you standing? Yeah, I said, yes. There is a letter you wrote to the British Red Cross. And uh, you said, there's no food. People are dying. Goats are dying. Everywhere. Can you go and show us? I told them, yes. So I entered their vehicle. I took them to this place that also they couldn't believe. They show fresh graves. They saw people very weak. They can't move because the place had become so dry. We have not had rain for a few years. And there was nothing, no, nothing like relief food. So when they went back, they gave report back to the, to, the, uh, to the Red Cross. And I was given food to feed the community for five good years. My goodness, I just Praise sat God. there and cried. And I said, God, you are, you are great, God. Amen. Because this is Stanley. He owns no position in the hospital at all. Not even in the church. I was not known. But here I bring relief and uh, food to the community for five years. So we fed the schools, we fed the community until there was rain and people got food. That was not all. I remember 1986, there was another big conference in Kenya for the Methodist World Conference. You know, it is held every 10 years. And uh, in that conference, we had uh, missionaries from Oklahoma City, from U.S., and the bishop from Oklahoma came to visit the hospital. Again, God put me in that path. From nowhere, somebody said, Stanley, can you take the bishop around? And I was taking the bishop around the hospital. And the bishop asked me, Stanley, what is your greatest need? I took a few minutes to respond. Because uh, I said, uh, now what do I say? There's so much need. <laughs> Can I give you all this need? But God gave me courage. Yeah. I told the bishop, I think right now our greatest need is to find qualified personnel to staff this hospital. Because the missionaries are going home. We are not able to interest the Kenyans who are qualified enough to come and run the hospital. And I told him, I would like to be trained and come back to serve these people. So I gave the bishop the, the burden. He went away. He didn't say anything immediately. He said, let me go and look at it. So when bishop came home, he wrote me a letter. He said, Stanley, we have considered your request. We'll give you a scholarship, but there's one condition. You'll come without your family. Because we want to see whether you can make it in the university. You know, there's a, a lot of cash or shock. They were not sure I can manage. So I put a lot of effort. I remember going to bed and said, now, 
I have to go without you. Uh, but, I, but I know God is going to uh, answer my prayers, and I hope pray that you will be able to join me. So when I came, I stayed in the dorm. I worked very hard for one year, and every semester I was in the, uh, in the president's honor roll. So the next year, Bishop said, you now can bring your wife and your child. And when she came, she also got the same scholarship. We continued. When I finished school, I did my exams. I was employed for one year. We were waiting for her to finish. And the day she finished, we did not wait even for a single day. We had a car. We sold at a throwaway price. We said we must go back because this is what we promised. Some people were telling us, how can you come here and go back? We said, no, we have to go and suffer with our people. And I thank God because from that time, God has been so kind, helping us to, to change the lives of people, to change the lives of the children. I, I remember even one lawyer telling me, Stanley, I can, I can get you a green card. I said, no, we are not interested. We want to go back and serve the people. But uh, I can tell you, God has been so gracious. We have worked in Mohammed Hospital. We have seen a change. We have seen the community change. Those diseases that they made me feel, I must go and do something. They are almost uh, uh, not as much. We don't see children with the potty bellies. We don't see children with the diarrhea diseases. We have immunized so many children. We now have programs for the orphans and the vulnerable children. We have the schools for, oh my goodness, God bless you. <laughs> yeah. mm. God bless you, Stanley. Yeah. And thank you mm. for being part of the ministry because these many churches have made, it, have made has make the difference to the people of Kenya. God bless you. What a profound story, huh? And, 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 and it's so powerful to, to recognize again that when God calls you, you better respond. You know, you better respond because lives will change because of the way God uses you. Sometimes we think, well, God can't use me. I, you know, I'm just a little old me. But God, look what, look what God did through this amazing heart and the way that lives were changed because of it. He and Mary and Kathy, God bless you. We, we are so, so blessed, so privileged, so privileged. Yeah. So uh, the pictures that, go back to the start of those, if you would, Veronica. These are, these are pictures from the school at Rikiu, uh, and I'm not saying the name probably right, but, but these are just a few pictures of, of what's going on there. And most of you know that Lighthouse has made an offering to the school out there to build a couple of classrooms for the kids. So, so these, these are just a few pictures that you've sent and that we've grabbed off of Facebook, off your yes. Facebook page. Yes. Uh, and if you're not following Stanley Jatari on Facebook, find him and follow him because you, the, the teaching is great, is great there. So tell us about what's going on at the school. Well, thank you very much. I really want to take also this opportunity to bring greetings from the community of Rikiau, from the children of Rikiau and the teachers. They are so much grateful for what you have done in that uh, place. It, they have changed the whole community. We have now already built two classrooms. Uh, 
the pictures you see there, uh, it's when it was, we were just starting, but by the time I came, the classrooms had been uh, roofed, they had been plastered. Oh yes, you can see everything. But this time we didn't have the veranda. But now the veranda is put and it has been plastered on the floor and the walls. Maybe what is remaining is just a few minor touches. Painting and maybe equipping the classrooms. But I just cannot tell you how happy those children are. The other day they just knocked me down by praising the Lord by appreciating this special gift from this church and from this congregation. So we cannot thank you enough. Yes, I need to add this, and bear with me because I'm going to cry too. <laughs> um, when Frank sent me an email and said, uh, my team really wants to see a school that needs help. Well, Stanley and I had gone out in what, in 2017? and done a disaster relief with the presiding bishop in this area. And I mean, not even the acacia trees had a leaf on them. It was so barren. The wind would blow huge dust storms up. And, and they walked us over to this school. And my heart, you see the boards. It's just, it was horrible. And, and yes, and the children were on dirt floors. And my heart, and I've seen lots of schools Stanley and I go all around into those areas, but my, it wouldn't leave my heart. And so I said to Stanley, Frank wants a school. And I said, Ricky Owens just keeps coming up. And he said, if God has put it on your heart, that's where you have to ask them to go. Amen. So God bless you all. It's, it's going to change the lives of these children tremendously to be able to to study in a place where if it rains, they're okay. If the wind blows, their papers aren't going to be blown away and they don't have to duck underneath their desks to get out of the, of the dirt storm. You are going to change the lives of these children. So God bless you. Amen. Was it you that told the story? Who told the story about telling the kids about it, the fourth graders? Who oh, was yes. it? Uh, we were, Stanley and I went there with our fundi who was measuring the the classrooms. This was before we even knocked the classrooms down. So we went into the classroom, and, and, the, and it was hilarious because the, the teacher said, come in and say something. So I thought, okay, well, I'll just say it in Swahili. So I, so I would say what I was saying, and he was interpreting in Swahili exactly what I had said. So I'm thinking, well, what am I saying? I mean, I'm confused now. <laughs> so I just kept talking, and he kept saying exactly the same thing because I asked him to interpret, but I thought he would interpret in Kimeru, not in Swahili. It was hilarious. It confused me a whole lot. So when we finally said, you're going to get new classrooms, you're getting ready to go on, on leave for a month, you know, school is out for a month, and there's this wonderful church who's given money for you to have new classrooms and the children jumped up, and I was in a fourth grade class, and they were dancing, and they were shouting, and they were running around their, their desks with absolute joy to know that they were going to have bricks instead of, instead of boards, that the windows would actually be real windows and not just, just openings in between the boards, and, and a solid cement floor. Uh, so, yeah, they were thrilled, <laughs> thrilled. Clamp their, 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 their desk so that the rain can pass. Yeah. You have seen how it is. When it rains, the water will just pass, so they have to clamp the, 
on their desks. Yeah. It, a little different than most of our classrooms here in the States, huh? Yeah. So, so uh, God is moving, and, and this is about God's story. This is, this is not about anybody else. This is about the power of God and, and the way that God moves. Uh, you know, uh, uh, part of what hopefully you understand is that, that the hospital there, the Methodist hospital there, is really a sanctuary for healing in the, in, people's, in the community, not just physical, but spiritual healing. Uh, you know, it's, it's so incredible to see these people, the, the staff get together uh, every week and sometimes every day for devotionals and prayer before they get ready to go do their, do their work. So tell us about some of the things that have been happening in the hospital in the last year. Well, thank, uh, we are so grateful. In fact, now we have started worshiping in our chapel every morning at 7 that day, uh, something that we had stopped temporarily. Uh, the other good news is we have launched our six-year strategic plan. We now have a new CEO who has brought a, a lot of hope, enthusiasm uh, in, the, in the hospital. We have worked so much with our teams. For example, we saw nearly 11,000 children in schools with all the teams that visited our hospital. We have seen over 3,000 adults who come to our medical camps. And in these medical camps, we screen for diabetes, we screen for hypertension, we screen for malaria, we screen for HIV AIDS. Oh my goodness, I can't tell you how these programs work because we are reaching out with our teams, building insolvent homes of which some of the houses have been built by the church. So last, this year we built 11 of those homes, providing a shelter for those orphans and the vulnerable children, providing shelter for the grandmothers, providing a place the children can call home, providing a place they can invite their friends to come in and be happy just like any other child in the community. I can't thank you enough for your prayers, and for your support to make this happen. God bless. This is, a, this is an image of one of the homes. It's, uh, and uh, you, you, hopefully you're aware that when, our, when a team goes, one of the things that they do is they build one of these houses. It's a 12 by 24. Is that right? Yes. 12 by 24? Yeah, it's 20 by 10. 20 by, 20 by 10. I was, I was making it bigger than it is. Oh, yes. Okay, all right. Uh, and um, uh, it... it, it changes the life of that family. And part of the thing that is important for you to understand is that when we go and build the house, part of the paying for the house is also to pay for the insurance for that family that lives there, yes. uh, which is a really big deal. And, and Mary's going to talk about that uh, a little bit more. Uh, so what, um, go back uh, a couple of slides, Veronica. The one about the, the funding. There you go. Um, th this is just so, it, just for your awareness, uh, the average income in uh, average household income in Kenya is about three hundred fifty dollars a year, yes. right? Especially a year. around Maui area. Okay, especially around around Maui, Maui area, three hundred fifty bucks a year. So if you go to the hospital and you got to stay for seven days, you know who's going to spend a half of your salary on? Who who could do that? Spend a half of your salary on on a hospital stay. So it's it, this ho this is a hospital that takes everybody. They don't turn anybody away, and the support that we give along with a lot of other churches, uh, helps make that place happen. And, and just it's amazing to see what God does there. So talk to us about uh, 
why it's important for churches like Lighthouse to, to be involved over there. Well, the one song you sang said, I'm following your love. Yes. <laughs> that is absolutely it. You're coming over with Christ's love to people who need to see that there are others in the world who, who are happy to be there, who bring smiles, who, who bring an enthusiasm. They know that, that they are loved because you love them. Uh, it's very important. Things get very tough in Kenya, uh, and people can get very discouraged. But when a team comes with joy and singing and smiles, uh, you know, sometimes we forget to smile, and, and teams bring that. But also teams bring back home the love that Kenya instores in them to your church. And, and that is, there's no price you can put on that. There's absolutely no price. Uh, so it, it works both ways, absolutely both ways. Tell the story about the gentleman that went, was re, you know, didn't want to go, and then went. Didn't want to go, that's right. Out of Rockwell, actually, Rockwell, Texas. And, and the team leader called me. She says, well, he's going to come. He's, he's a recovering alcoholic, and we're real concerned because you have to sign a thing that says you won't drink while you're on the mission. And she was very concerned about him, but she said he's determined to come. And I want you to know, when we came, he, we went through the hospital, and then the whole rest of the week he stayed out at the house side. I don't know if you remember this gentleman or not, Stanley, but he would not come back to the hospital. And er, the team was sort of upset with him because he was staying at the work site the whole time. And the people at the work site said, but he's not working here either. He's sitting under the tree and just observing. So the team was trying to deal with this man and, and all the things... He, he was internalizing everything that he was seeing and feeling and everything. But he went back home to Rockwell, an absolutely changed person. He is now part of their homeless ministry, and he's feeding people underneath the, the overpass. He came back a year later and, and was so, I mean, completely changed man because he was able to, to meet God in Kenya. Amen. 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 Go ahead, Mary. We have all sung, I think it was saying, uh, make it real or real love. And uh, I was saying, like, the songs that were being sung today are really preaching unto us. Mm -hmm. They are talking about being the hands and the feet of God. And when you come to Kenya, it becomes a reality to you to see exactly what is there. The things we are talking about, those who have not gone to Kenya may be thinking, wow. But in reality, you cannot exactly tell them. But when you come, you see the real truth of it, the reality of it. You feel with the people who are there. And it also uh, demonstrates you or reminds you that we are all the same anyway. We are all children, the image of God, all of us. It's only that uh, I look black, you look white or brown, whatever we want to say, but we are all children of God. You come to realize, by the way, we are the same. We are created the same. We all have the same needs. It's only that the situation uh, dictates what happens in that environment. And it makes you uh, interpret that, in any case, 
why should we see one another different? Why should we think, uh, I mean, we are privileged. I mean, you Americans, you are really privileged. And when you go there, you can see, if you are put in that situation, you will behave the same. So it brings God's understanding that I love all of you. You are the same. There is no difference. And I promise if you go, or maybe you have earned from those who have gone, you will come a different person. You will be a better advocate for the people around the world. Because when you go to Kenya, the things you see, you probably see it in different other countries. And maybe probably even here. And I would honestly say, if you have an opportunity, sometimes God may speak to you and you say, oh, no, God, not now, maybe next year. Or maybe not now, maybe. But listen to the voice of God, what he is telling you. And it comes in different voices. Uh, when I was growing up, I used to say I will be a teacher or a nurse. Uh, then my dad really wanted me to be a teacher. I, I will tell you a story, but cut it in short. When I, when I finished high school, I applied to go to nursing. And then while I went to school, when I went to school, my dad comes with a letter. Oh, Mary, I think now, here comes a letter. You need to go back home and be a teacher. And I said, no. I don't think that is what I need to do. And, you know, he trying to convince my tutor or my professors. And the, the last question I was asked is, what do you really want to do? I said, I want to be a nurse. And he said, ma'am, okay, if that is what you want, go ahead. And what I'm trying to say is, if God wants you to do something, just listen and do it. If you refuse, you will be turned it wait anyway, in one way or the other. So the earlier you listen, them better. Thank you so much. Yeah, maybe also. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, to add on that, uh, why you should really participate is that when you go there, you are going to see different. Uh, you will see the needs in a different way. You will be changed forever. You will never be the same again. Mm. The story you tell the witness that you are going to witness will be completely different. The other one is uh, the, the languages you are going to hear. The smells you are going to smell of people cooking outside with three pots or walking barefoot will be different. It won't be the same. The cries, the touch, the feeling, I cannot describe the experience that you are going to have, it will be an experience of your lifetime. Amen. Amen. That's, that's good preaching right there. I just got to say, huh? <laughs> hey, Mary, um, you, your new position is the uh, marketing director for the, the health program. Tell, tell us more about that. Uh, Kenya has a, a universal health uh, care insurance that is called uh, National Hospital Insurance Fund. For those who are employed, uh, it's automatic. Those who are not employed, you have to pay uh, to join the insurance. $5 per month and $60 per year. Now, the hospital has taken a new initiative. This is a new program. 
uh, for the NHIF, National Hospital Insurance Fund, uh, to cover for the health of the poor of the poor. Uh, around Maua, or in Kenya in general, we have people who are really very poor. They cannot afford uh, to pay for that insurance. And uh, we have agreed as a hospital management that we, we, we work with the churches and the administrators in the community to pick or rather to identify the very poor so that we can support them or sponsor them for this insurance. Uh, we have the pastors in the church to bring the list of their members. Every circuit, which is a little less than the district, brings about 50 families. And the chiefs um, bring about 10. And we are not saying it's Methodist. We are working with all churches and administrators. Although we are a Methodist hospital, because uh, we are there to serve. Not to serve Methodists, but to serve the people of God. Amen. So we have uh, uh, agreed that we sponsor those families through our donors, our partners, uh, so that they can also see Jesus in that. When you talk of mission, it must be a mission to serve, a mission to protect, a mission to heal, and a mission to restore. So uh, we sponsor a family with $5 per month, $60 a year. Uh, this is a family. It doesn't matter how many children you have, as long as they are 18 and below years. Uh, we have a family that uh, has 10 children. Uh, that one, there are five there, but five are not there. And they have lost four. So they could be 14 children. And if you look at the gentleman, James, uh, is having crutches. He fell from a tree and injured his leg. He went to a public hospital where he was not taken care of well. Then uh, when the leg was infected, they could not save it and it was amputated. Now you can see he has crutches and what can you do with crutches? No prosthesis. What can you do? You are not sitting in the office. You are not educated. You have no education at all. You just stay home and wait for whatever happens to you. So the wife goes around, homes looking for work, washing clothes, uh, to earn some money, or cleaning, or doing anything that she is able to do. The maximum you can get working in a day in your house or somebody is about $3. What can you do with $3? You need food, you need clothing, children need to go to school, and you can see uh, the house they are in. Probably they were able to do such, which is better than many, when the, uh, the, the father was working, when he had his two legs. Now, uh, we have insured them for the insurance, and I can tell you the joy that those families have. We have uh, insured about 400 families, and many more on the list are waiting for the same. Of course, you wait for 16 days before your insurance is active. Uh, because uh, they keep on saying, can we now come for services in the hospital? And we say, no, you have to wait for 16 days 
for the insurance to be active. Now, you can imagine, when you have no insurance, you have no hope, you don't know what will happen when you get sick. Many wait until they are very sick because you have no money, no insurance. Then they come to the hospital. Uh, of course, we will take them, take care of them, and be admitted in the ward. At the end of the day, they have nothing to pay, and we let them go. Uh, so what we are saying is, if this family, they had an insurance, we would have saved the leg of that gentleman. And uh, we are saying, uh, if God speaks to you, you can save maybe a leg like that gentleman. You can save a mother. You can save a child. You can save anybody who needs health insurance. By $5 in a month, $16 in a year. And, uh, and uh, those who have been insured, I can't tell you the joy they have. If you don't have insurance, like especially let me talk of mothers because uh, mothers, when children are in trouble, most of the times they go to mom. Oh, mom, I, I need this, I need this. Now mom is sick, no insurance, nothing. She will stay home. The children will also stay home because there's no food, they won't go to school. The husband is there like that one, cannot be able to do anything. But when they know they have their insurance, they raise their hand up. They have confidence, I can go to the hospital, I can be seen, and the money that they was to go to hospital now can go to food, can maybe buy a uniform even that will continue, I don't know for how many years. So I am here this morning, all of us, marketing, now that's my job, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> now I'm excited on my job that uh, if God speaks to you this morning, you can save somebody, you can give a smile by giving $5 per month, $16 per year. And for sustainability, they are organizing themselves to save even if it means a penny per week. So that next year, because we are sponsoring one year, they can be able to pay for themselves. Because definitely you cannot be able to pay for all of them every year. It's one year, and then we organize them, encourage them to save for the second year, third year, and as it goes. And we believe this is what is called mission. And thank you so much because I know already you are converted, all of you, you are missioners to save such people in Kenya and particularly in Mawa where we are. And thank you for listening. God bless you. Something. Please, yes, um, so last year, the Oklahoma team went to Rikiao, and we did a girls program and a program for the mothers for health issues, female health issues. And we were, and I was with the mothers and the grandmothers. And I asked them, I said, "Well, when you have your babies, do you have a midwife in the community?" And they said, "No, we don't have anyone." I said, "Well, who helps you when you deliver the baby?" Well, sometimes mother, sometimes grandmother, but basically we do it by ourselves alone. And the next statement was, and we die. And my heart just fell. We, we were speechless. And so we went a little bit further and said, well, what is keeping you? Well, there, we can't get to the doctor. We can't pay for the doctor. Remember, this is an area that is so drought-ridden that people just are on... They're just sustaining themselves. 
So your $60 may go to help that family so that mother doesn't die, that baby doesn't die in Rikiao. You never know. Amen. Amen. Well, there's so much more that we could talk about, but we need to wrap it up. Uh, I want to give Mary the opportunity because these folks don't know any Swahili. So you're going to learn a little Swahili today, and we're going to sing a little bit, okay? So go ahead, Mary. All right. Can we all stand so that we can sing? We are going to sing a song in Kiswahili, our national language, uh, Walking with Jesus. Walking is tembea. Can you please say tembea? Tembea. 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 Na. Na. Yesu. Yesu. Tembea na Yesu. Can we say that? Tembea na Yesu. Can we repeat? Tembea na Yesu. And the song goes like this. I'll sing then you continue. Tembea na Yesu. Tembea na Yesu. Tembea na Yesu. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, when I say tembea, you say amen. Tembea na Yesu. Amen. Tembea na Yesu. Amen. Tembea na Yesu. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The then the sentence we will say, Amen, Hallelujah, Amen. And when we say, Tembea na Yesu, it means Tembea. When you say, Walk with Jesus, it means walk. So you walk. Just lift your legs and Tembea na Yesu. Get that, walking. Come on. That is how we were sing. Just move the way you feel comfortable. I love it the way she is doing it. Tembea na Yesu. Amen. Tembea na Yesu. Amen. Tembea na Yesu. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Tembea na Yesu. Amen. Tembea na Yesu. Amen. Tembea na Yesu. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Tembea na Yesu. Amen. Tembea na Yesu. Amen. Tembea na Yesu. Amen. Hallelujah. In Kenya, we really dance. And I want to request all of us to dance. Release your hands. Let your hands free. You, you, you are walking with Jesus. Imagine Jesus is here. What would you do if he asked you to walk with him? Would you walk? Would you stand? Or what would you do? You would walk, right? Yeah. So one more time. I'm told time is gone, but one more time. We tembea and finish. Tembea na Yesu. Amen. Tembea na Yesu. Amen. Tembea na Yesu. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. We praise God for all three of you, and we just thank you for the privilege of the opportunity for us to be able to hear, and, and we just praise God for the way that he is using you in that beautiful place uh, that we know as Kenya.
Uh, you guys go ahead and be seated, and then we'll finish up here in just a minute. Everybody could be seated, if you would. Um, as, um, uh, as Mary was talking about the, the insurance program and Kathy, too, uh, you got a little hint of what you're going to be asked to do today. I hope you caught that. Uh, we're asking everybody at Lighthouse to make a contribution to provide insurance for a family for a year. And this is above and beyond your normal giving to the church. But I want to ask you today to do that. Now, let me just say, after this service ends, a lot of you are going to go have lunch. And if you got maybe three or four people there, you go, to, you go to your favorite Mexican place or whatever, hamburger joint, and it wouldn't be outrageous for you to spend 60 bucks there, would it? Wouldn't be out of line to think, oh, we're, we might spend 60, bu 60 bucks there. Think about... Maybe, maybe for you today, maybe you, maybe you ought to use today and skip going to lunch and say, we're going to give that 60 bucks for a family to have insurance for a year. Do you hear that coming out of my mouth? Who gets insurance for a year for 60 bucks? But they do there because of all the government and situation that's, that's happening there. So I want to ask you to please, uh, in your heart, consider this opportunity to give another 60 bucks to help somebody, a family, like the family that Mary told us about, have insurance for a year. And, uh, it, and know, and for you to know that this is, not going to, this is not money going anywhere else. This is going to a family that lives in Kenya. So uh, with that, I want to invite our host team, if they would, to come forward to receive the offering. I know that a lot of people don't carry cash. If you have cash and you want to give some cash, all the cash that goes in the offering baskets today will go for this purpose. Uh, every dime that's in the, in the cash. If you don't have your cash, if cash with you, you want to write a check or you want to do it electronically, you can do it on our app. There, there's a special uh, offering that you can make on the app or uh, that's for, for the Kenya mission. Uh, any way that you want to do it, we want to help make it happen for you. But please make this a priority for your life today and in the week ahead. If you can't do it right now, don't worry. Get it done sometime in the next week. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the opportunity to give. You have given us so much this morning as we've listened to Stanley and Mary and Kathy. God, we just pray that uh, as we give today, the work of changing lives for Jesus Christ will continue through this church into the world. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.